It's a simple recipe, but it would mean so much to me. Turn on the gas and make me feel fine. All I wanna say is, just give me some hot pizza. Episode of Financial Pizza. It's the only podcast that features clips and more from some of the best financial advisors heard on radio and in podcasts all around the country every week. I bring it to you all hot, fresh, and in 30 minutes or less. And we've got some good stuff on the way from Coach Pete DeRuda, along with two very special guests. They talk about retirement planning basics. Mark Giels takes us step-by-step into what to look for in an advisor to help get you to retirement. Kevin Brooker takes us through one way the government could help the impending Social Security dilemma. Dave Pimper takes a deep dive into what is the magic number we need to retire. Plus, we have a special trip planned back to 1981. Dave Perkins, our guide. Well, what happened this week? That was the week that was. It's over. Let it go. That was the week that was. It started way. A disturbing projections emerging from a recent Pew study on retirement plan savings. America's retirement savings gap could burden the economy with a, get this, $1.3 trillion, and that's by 2040. A shocking 56 million private sector workers lack access to employer-sponsored retirement plans, exacerbating the problem. Now, the federal government could face an additional cost of $964 billion between 2021 and 2040. While states are projected to spend $334 billion during that period, this totals a staggering $1.3 trillion, with a T, dollars. And then there's this statistic. Roughly 650,000 Americans over the age of 80 are working. That is according to the Census Bureau. That's about 18% more than a decade earlier. Some people have been pressed back into duty by inflation and stock market volatility, while the fading pandemic made others who took a break feel more comfortable clocking in again. But many cite a simpler reason to keep working. They want to. Now, contrary to conventional advice, there's a growing number of older Americans taking risks with their retirement savings. A significant portion of Vanguard 401k investors aged 55 and above are actively managing portfolios that consist of, get this, 70% stocks. That's up from 38% in 2011. Similarly, almost 40% of Fidelity investors aged 65 to 69 hold two-thirds or more of their portfolios in stock. While advisors and economists caution against excessive stock exposure in later years, historical trends favoring stocks and changes in the past decade have led to older Americans seeking to rely more on risky investment. It could happen. Hey, there's good news on the Alzheimer's front. Part of a class of Alzheimer's drugs that target amyloid, uh, that's a sticky plaque in the brain that some researchers think plays a role in driving the disease. Lequembi is the first that the Food and Drug Administration has fully approved and the first to clearly slow cognitive decline in patients with early Alzheimer's. The full approval will allow Medicare enrollees to get fully covered for treatment with that drug if they qualify and agree to report data to a registry. In fact, most of the 6 million people in the U.S. with Alzheimer's are eligible for Medicare. 
that's a good thing. But right now, let's get to it. Let's get this pizza cooking. For that, we turn to America's wealth coach and best-selling author, Coach Pete Deruta. Joining him today are the advisors Brad Olson and Joe Wilson from Olson Wilson Private Capital. They, along with Chrissy Paradis and Thomas Lipscomb, are discussing how to know if you are on the right road to retirement. Anyway, let's look at the financial world. It's awesome. all about what financial planning is all about looking at the road you're on now, yeah. making sure you're getting to the destination you want to. And sure. many people don't know what direction they're going, don't even right. know what kind of car they're in, right. much less trying to get to that final destination of a happy and, and fulfillment, fulfilled retirement where right. you don't have any worries and that kind of thing. So we're going to talk today a little bit about retirement planning. What is, in your mind, Joe, what's retirement planning? It it's, it's truly revolves, number one, at the basis of, of well, how much income do you need to cover the necessities of your life? I mean, think about that, Coach. You, you've got to have food and clothing. And yep. Juvenile diabetic, i got to have my medicine. That's a necessity. Right. But not just that. No one wants to just live and watch John Wayne's in your basement, right? You Jerry want to Springer. live. Yeah. <laughs> no, not anymore. Yeah, that's right. Thank oh, you for the Cincinnati, Cincinnati reference. Right yeah, here. yeah. Just do yeah. yeah, Wasn't he mayor little, of Cincinnati? He long? was for yeah. a while. Yeah. Um, yeah so... I think you then have that lifestyle. I mean, we love to golf. Well, I'm not yep. going to just retire and never play golf. Even yeah. that costs money. You've got to have your necessities and lifestyle covered. And so it really becomes a plan about how do I leave my income at, at work and allow my life savings to provide income for me so I don't have to worry about when I'm 90, you know, living on dog food. Well, well, and, and, and a lot of people make the mistake of, of thinking their financial plan is the number on the statement. Right, mm. that they get from the Make big the box truth. firm, yep. Yep. and in the last fifteen years or so, everything's been going up. So they look at the number and they say, "Oh, it's going up. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good," until it isn't, yeah. and then and then they're wondering what the heck happened. Well, what so, else has been going up? Costs have been going up. Like inflation's <coughs> been crazy the last few years. Sure, people hear that word inflation, and many people don't translate what that really means. It means you're going to be able to get less with more. In right. the future, and that's not a good equation. So no, that's why we not. need the money to grow, but it needs to grow even further up, just to combat the costs right. going up like crazy. Right. Well, and the costs aren't going to stop; they're going to continue to uh, go. Yeah. I mean, you just look at a modest inflation rate. I mean, your income needs can almost double in, in 15, yep. 20 years. Easy. We've always built at least three percent inflation in yeah, our plans, but I mean, now to. I mean, some people were building plans with no inflation adjustment. Well, man, on we saw too. we saw we somebody the other day in Cincinnati. I'm sure you see it all the time with all the statements you see from folks calling off the shows. And, and they, they didn't even have, it was not even 1% inflation projected. And, and these well, folks are like, we're underwater. Well, I wonder why. Yeah. Well, a lot of long-term care policies were sold yeah, that way, too, back right. in the day without inflation. And gosh, what, what's gone way up in cost every year? Healthcare. Healthcare. Is it ever going to come down? Healthcare. I mean, food yeah. inflation alone last year, Pete, it was 9.9%. That's I mean, that's crazy. just, it's huge. It's like 10% with the more, basically, to get the same things you yeah, want. Yeah, biscuits and gravy at Grandma's house just yeah. got a lot more expensive. You know, what worries me about food inflation is when we have gas prices, they go up and down. They really do go yeah. up and yep. they come down. Yes. But food, does it ever really come down? Not ever. Here's yeah. what they'll do they'll say, oh, we have it on sale this yeah. week. And they, and they lower it back to what it used to be or should be. Yeah. So the grocery stores may come out yep. way ahead on this because they're not going to lower those prices. Yeah, we're going back to coupon clipping. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I still do. Absolutely. Or <laughs> I join the buyer's clubs and all that. Penny saves a penny on. Yeah, they shrink the quantity. That's right. Potato yeah. chips, a good example of that. Yeah. used to be one pound bag. Now it's yeah. five or six pounds. I mean, I used to have one <laughs> bag would fill, would fill me up with lunch. Now it's like three bags. That's expensive air you're buying now with potato <laughs> chips. Pop <laughs> it. Enjoy that air. <laughs> yep. Paid a lot for it. <laughs> hey, Thomas. But it smells good. Let's do this. I want Thomas to give our number out because a lot of people are curious about uh, how to get their own plan in place, how to get their total retirement plan and. We always talk about the financial fill-up strategy, making sure you have enough income to do what you want to do in retirement. And if you're curious about what your financial situation looks like now, and more importantly, 
what it should look like when you reach retirement age, and maybe even trying to retire earlier. We can help you put a plan together that may be able to do that with the income. Creating income in retirement is key, and Coach Pete and the team at Capital Financial can certainly help you create that as part of your overall retirement plan. Brad and Joke, they call Columbus, Ohio home, and you can find their show on WLW 8.30 a.m. Sunday mornings. Coach Pete and Financial Safari airs multiple times over the weekends on 106.1 FM Talk in Raleigh, North Carolina. You can find podcasts for both of those shows wherever you get yours. Be sure and subscribe so you get their shows every week. Pizza! Let's get down to picking an advisor. And here to take us through that process, step-by-step, is Mark Giels from Sioux City, Iowa, and his podcast, Mark on Money. You want to find the financial advisor that specializes in retirement income, uh, in retirement, period, because our industry is super complicated. It is a huge field. It's very, very comparative to the medical industry in that, the medical industry has a broad array of of uh, um, of experts, a broad array of fields, uh, just like we talked about. And so, the financial services industry does too. I mean, we have a broad array of career paths that individuals can go down, a broad array of things that they can specialize in. And so, you want to look for the financial advisor that works with retirees, works with people that are in retirement, going into retirement and has the skills and the knowledge to help you navigate through that because it is a complicated field. You're talking about Social Security, and mm-hmm. now you have the Secure Act 2.0, you know, that we've talked about before. That has a whole other level of complication to it. You know, and like Hegna says, well, you have all of these different things. You have longevity risk, long-term care, inflation, sequence of return risk, you know, investment risk. You know, so that is all amplified in retirement and it's not the same as you know investing money for a 40 year old you know somebody is 70 there's a totally different set of skills i believe mm-hmm. that your advisor should have and should understand and should be working with you with you know from planning out retirement um distributions re- retire you know required minimum distributions to tax planning to roth conversions all this kind of stuff is super complicated that you want to work with somebody that does that all the time. Right. And so so people come to me and say, well, Mark, why should I work with you? And says, well, I don't have any clients that are under the age of 50 years old. Uh, all my clients are 50 and older, uh, and they are almost all retired. Uh, our firm, the average client age that we have is about 68 to 70 Uh, And probably about 80% of the people we work with are already in retirement in some form of retirement. Some have been retired for 20 or 30 years. Some have been retired for a few years. A lot of them are right right in that middle of being retired for, you know, 10, 15 years. Right. Well, and again, that really speaks volumes as well because you obviously are, you know, that, that sweet spot, that that transition from acquisition to distribution, that really is where you shine. Right. And you want to find somebody, too, I think, that um, is going to act in your best interests, um, which means asking the question of what is your fiduciary responsibility to me? Okay. I, I think the question of are you a fiduciary, I think, is not a good question. 
And I think our industry um, is is very poor at actually explaining what a, what does a fiduciary mean. But I think the better question is, is what is my fiduciary responsibility to you and what are your conflicts of interest? What can you do from a fiduciary perspective and what can't you do from a fiduciary perspective? Because some firms can act as a fiduciary, but they may not be able to give you any estate planning advice. They may not be able to give you access to all types of investments. Um, they may have some conflicts of interest that limit their ability to give advice in certain areas. So they may be able to act in a fiduciary capacity in some instances, but not be able to give you advice in all all areas. Okay. And so I think that's something that, that people need to be aware of. Just asking somebody if they're a fiduciary doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get the best advice. You might get the best fiduciary advice for what that individual can give you, but is that the best advice that you can get, if that makes sense to you? It does make sense. And, and again, those are great things to ask. And I never really thought about it that way, Mark, in terms of saying, are you a fiduciary? No, no. There's more to it than that. Right. Because I think most of us in the industry have fiduciary, are a fiduciary in some capacity. Of course. Um, it's just what what can we do in that capacity, I think, is the important question. And so the the solution really is, I think, to look for an advisor who offers holistic and comprehensive planning for retirement. I think that's essential and somebody that specializes in that area. And so if you're if if you are having trouble answering those questions, chances are you would benefit from a with a conversation not only about your existing plan, um, but also where you're at in that process. Sure. So I mean again would you describe that process as being a holistic approach? I would. It's you know something that looks at all the aspects of your retirement. Not only that, but it's more about you know getting to know you and understanding what your concerns are. You know what really are you looking for? You know in getting the maximum out of not just your money, but getting the maximum out of retirement. Um, you know you've got to. Um, you know, are being able to articulate that to your advisor so that they listen. And not only that, but the advisor needs to be able to fulfill what you want to have occur. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's that gets kind of complicated and, and, you know, can get down into the weeds when you're talking about that kind of stuff. But I think that's an important conversation to have. And then the question comes up, right? Well, I've been with my advisor for 20 years. Um, should I change course? Should I, should I do something different? Um, and that's, that's something that is a, a good conversation to have. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about your future. And so if you're not working with somebody that can give you comprehensive fiduciary advice, can give you that holistic plan that specializes in retirement, that can, can act on all of those things that we've talked about, then the answer is yes, you should look at changing course. A lot of people work with what I would call an accumulation advisor. They've done a good job of, you know, investing your money, accumulating money, but they really don't know how to distribute it properly. They don't have the tools or they just don't have the experience to actually distribute it and make sure that you have a plan that is detailed in all those different aspects to make sure that your concerns are properly addressed and that you have a solution for them. 
It is all about the plan, isn't it? Mark Geals and Mark on Money, the podcast is available wherever you get podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, on the website, efs4u.com. That's EFS, the number four, the letter U.com. Pizza! Now for a trip back in time. Dave Perkins is our host on this journey back to 1981. Through the years, let's take a trip back in time. Back in time. 1981. The year started with a new president. I, Ronald Reagan, do solemnly swear. Minutes after the inauguration, the 52 Americans who had been held hostage in Iran for 444 days were released to U.S. personnel. He was wounded. The president was hit. He is in stable condition. March 30th of that year, President Reagan was shot and wounded by would-be assassin John Hinckley Jr. in an attempt to impress Jodie Foster. Three others were wounded, including the most serious, Reagan's press secretary, James Brady. 1981 was the year of the big wedding. No, not Luke and Laura on General Hospital. In July of 1981, the world watched the wedding of Lady Diana Spencer to Prince Charles. Their marriage was billed as a fairy tale wedding. August 1981. The claim was that video killed the radio star with the launching of music television, MTV. It was the new hip way to listen to music and to see music. But check out MTV now. Looks like video did not kill the radio star. Consumers were still hurting from inflation in 1981 with a yearly inflation rate at 10.35%. The Dow closed at 8.75. Gallon of gas cost $1.25. Olivia Newton-John got physical, Lionel Richie and Diana Ross celebrated endless love, and everybody was trying to reach Jenny at... Movies included on Golden Pond, 9 to 5, Arthur, and it was the very first time Harrison Ford played Indiana Jones in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And the first DeLorean rolled off the assembly line in 1981. Of course, it wouldn't be until 1985 that Marty McFly rode a DeLorean back to 1955. With that said, let's head back. We've now arrived safely back in the present. We hope you enjoyed your trip. Here's to a smooth ride into retirement. Just one more thing. July 1981, my oldest daughter Stacy was born July 8th. Happy birthday, Stacy. Pizza! Up next, Dave Pimper and his show, Retirement Boss Radio. Dave has expertise like few others in Social Security and how to maximize that very important benefit. The magic number we're talking about today is when should I retire? What's the right date for retirement? And I will tell you right now, there's so many factors that go into it. Does financials play a big part? Of course it does. If you don't have enough money to retire, then you are unable to retire in the lifestyle that you that you uh, want to. But you may have a ton of money, but just really enjoy of what you do. So you continue to work. Uh, Warren Buffett, for instance, I, I, I would guess he has enough money to probably retire. Do you think? <laughs> I would think so. Yeah, I think that that so many billion dollars worth of 50 billion or 80 billion or 100 billion or however much his net worth is mainly through Berkshire Hathaway stock. Yeah, but he loves what he does. He continues to work. So what happens is that's the financial side. Uh, the emotional side is so important. I cannot tell you how many people retire 
and then they just don't know what to do with their time. In fact, I'm reading a book right now. I read a, I read a lot of retirement books because I work with retirement people that mm-hmm. are pre-retired, just retired. Yeah, and it says, you know, what do I do with my day? And I'll tell you right now, I think the biggest thing that I get out of the different books that I read is to have a purpose. You have to have a purpose in retirement. I think that is so important. There's a great quote, and it's an anonymous quote, but it says, don't act your age in retirement. (laughs) I like that. That's good advice, Dave. (laughs) Yeah, I like that a lot. So here's what happens is, is that when you retire early, you know, you've heard it isn't as big now, but about a year, year and a half ago, that whole thing with fire. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yes. The, the people that are retiring at, in their 30s, even late 20s and their early 40s. But you know, the interesting thing is none of their friends have retired yet. Right. So they're out there on this island by themselves. And you know what? In, in retirement, there's kind of that honeymoon stage, uh, no matter w- whether you retire earlier or kind of in that 65, 66, 67 or later. But for the first three to six months, it's beautiful. You get to sleep in. You have no worries about work. You don't have to check your email all the time. You don't have to respond back. But after that, it's getting into a rhythm of of, of, of having your life to be productive, having meaning to your life. I think that is so important. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, as we start to look at this um so what what are some risks that people are facing if they if they start to retire early and or you know just begin to mm-hmm. think they've achieved that magic number? Yeah, I would say this. I, I think social security claiming, and Steve, you know I have a passion for social security claiming, maximizing that benefit. Very few people do. Less than 5% of people maximize their benefit. And it doesn't make a difference if you're single. If you're married, if you're divorced, if you're a survivor, all of those have different social security aspects to when to claim. And I'll tell you what happens is when people come to me and say, hey, Dave, you know, I'm thinking about retiring. I wonder when is my best time to take social security? They're not. I'm just going to tell you right now to maximize your social security. It isn't just getting the one biggest benefit, because what happens if you wait you wait to 70 and then you take your biggest benefit for two months and you die of cancer. No, you should have been taking it earlier or, you know, just what your lifestyle is. You know, one of the things that social security administration cannot do, they can't give you advice. Let me say that again. The social security administration cannot give a person advice about when to claim social security. They can give your highest benefit that you're entitled to at a certain age. I give advice. I will say, hey, under the circumstances, after looking, they cannot look at what your expenses are. I can. Right. They can't ask you what your assets are, what your 401k, 403b, thrift savings plan, a bank savings money, real estate holdings. They cannot ask you that. I can't. They can't ask you what your debt is. I can. They cannot go in and say, what do you want to do? You know what? If you can't ask all those questions and they can't give advice, they're just not a very good partner if you want information. Now, if you just want to go and claim, they're perfect. I'm 63 and a half and I want to claim today. Great. They do a great job at that. Adding to what he just said, the Social Security office can help you claim, but offer no strategies to maximize the claim. That's where Dave can help you. Dave calls Fremont, Nebraska home with offices in Omaha as well. You can hear Dave's show, Retirement Boss Radio, every Sunday at noon on KFAB in Omaha. 
Pizza. One more clip, and this pizza is out the door, and we turn to Kevin Brooker in Phoenix, Arizona. This podcast is called Cruising Through Retirement. Here, Kevin offers a potential solution to funding Social Security. See if you agree. How many times you talk to somebody, if you're having a conversation about Social Security, now I realize probably most people don't do this on a regular basis. Um, You'd be surprised. Like, all right. But I, maybe, I probably would. I probably would. Because I tend to think that it's just financial people that do this, um, that think about it and have these conversations on a regular basis. Because sometimes I'll bring it up and, and I kind of get the eye roll. You know, oh, it's yeah. Like, oh, you know, it's like, I don't want to talk about that. And, and But what I'm getting at is that I think everybody by now has heard there's a shortfall in Social Security. And But I think the confusion, uh, I think a lot of people, I've met a lot of people that say they plan to claim at 62 because they're worried the program is going to like go bust or go bankrupt or something. Mm -hmm. And and can I just tell you that's not going to work? If, if the program does go bust, it doesn't matter when you claim. If it went bankrupt, I don't think it makes any difference. I think you're going to have a problem. I don't think it's going to go bankrupt. It's not. All right, guys, what, what we need to recognize is that when they talk about the shortfall in Social Security, what it means is that the amount of money coming into the program is not as much as going out. And, and so typically in the past, we had far more workers. You know, we had 10 or 12 workers for every one person collecting Social Security. Right. And, and so because of that, there was much more money going into the program than coming out. But ever since boomers have started to retire, and it's something like 10,000 boomers a day have been retiring and are going to continue to retire uh, for the next several years. In fact, during the pandemic, even more of them retired. And I think that's actually accelerating uh, the decline in Social Security revenue is so many more people that were in a position to retire during COVID. They just said, the heck with it. I'm just going to retire. Just going to stay and here. I'm just going to stay here. Right. And, and I've worked long enough. I'm going to retire. And so where we're at now, we're looking at a shortfall of about 25%. And that means that the money, that there'll be about 25% less money going into the program than coming out. It doesn't mean it's going bust. It doesn't mean it's going to go and be going to be insolvent. But what it does mean, if, if we, if the public does not force the politicians to deal with this in an appropriate way, then I personally think that benefit checks could get cut 20 to 25% across the board. And, and they're talking about uh, an age at which this would happen. And so I don't believe it, it may affect current retirees. I, don't, I can't imagine that it would because that'd be political suicide. Sure. Um, you know, but, but it's something to be aware of. I don't think it's, I, don't think it's, I shouldn't say imprudent. I just, I don't, I don't, personally, I don't think it's realistic um, that the program's going to go bust. Unless, of course, you put Rick Scott back in charge with his, you know, every five years they can shut down whatever government program they want to plan. Um, I, th I think unless the, the radicals take control, if the, let me say it this way, if the radicals do take control, we've got a lot of problems. We've got big, serious problems um, because they've already talked about cutting, you know, uh, what they call the entitlement programs. Um, there are proposals out there right now to raise the retirement age. They're saying it won't affect anybody over the age of 50, um, but they want to raise the retirement age. What they should be doing is eliminating the payroll tax cap. Okay. Everybody should talk to your politician about getting rid of the cap. Why is a person that's making a million, five million, 10 million, 20, 30, $40 million Mahomes money, you know, Patrick Mahomes, the yeah, quarterback. Yeah, of course. I know. Why is he making $40 million and paying not a dime more to Social Security than a guy making 160 grand? I, I think that's outrageous. I do too. Right? You know, and, and, and a lot, but no, most people don't seem to realize it, right? Sure. And, 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 and so that one change, 
one change, which is only making everybody pay Social Security at the same rate, right? So you pay the same percentage of your income into Social Security. If you're making 50 grand, it should be the same as if you're making 500 grand or you're making 5 million or you're making 25 or 35 million. You should pay the same percentage, but they don't, guys. This is a tax break for rich people that don't have to pay the same amount into Social Security. They still pay Medicare, which really is really weird to me. Um, you know that they met, that they did a carve out, so there's no cap uh, in terms of your income that you stop paying into Medicare, but there is a cap in which you stop contributing to Social Security. That makes no sense, Kevin. That really doesn't it, make any sense. And and I it, mean, it, I, no matter who I talk to, every, I mean, you know, my friends, I mean, other advisors, everybody agrees. I don't care what side of the political fence you're on. It seems to be a consensus. Yeah, fix that. <laughs> it, it, you know, you know what? If the politicians would do, like, I, I, I would put money on it that if, if you do, took a, a broad survey of the population across all political parties, across all income levels, everybody, mm-hmm. take that survey and ask the public what. And I'll bet you, I'll bet you at least sixty percent, if not a much higher percentage, would support eliminating the payroll tax cap. Sure. And you know, a huge majority. So the question is, why aren't we making the politicians do it? Why do we let these politicians get away with all this BS nonsense? I mean, playing all these culture war games when we've got serious issues to deal with, like Medicare and Social Security funding. That seems to make sense, but not so sure that that'll ever happen. And of course, you can find Kevin's podcast at silverleaffinancial.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So that's it. Episode 196 is cooked, sliced, ready for that digital delivery. No tip necessary. Financial Pizza features clips and more from some of the best financial radio programs and podcasts heard around the country every week, brought to you hot, fresh, and in 30 minutes or less. If you'd like Financial Pizza delivered to you each and every week, just subscribe to it. I'll make sure it gets in your podcast collection automatically. Find it on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or anywhere you get a podcast. And as long as you're subscribing, be sure and rate and share the podcast. We've got plenty of pizza to go around. Hey, remember, I've got links to all the advisors listed in the show notes with this podcast. I want to thank Chrissy Paradis and Dave Perkins for contributing content for this week's show. You can reach me by email, steve at financialpizza.com. Financial Pizza is produced and written by me, Steve Siddall, and it originates from the palatial studios of broadcasting experts in Apex, North Carolina. Thanks for listening, everybody. I really do appreciate it. And going to be back next week with another episode of Financial Pizza. I'm Steve Siddall. Pizza. Coach P Radio. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruta or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Annuity guarantees are based solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Individuals should thoroughly review the contract for specific details of the product features and costs. Income payments and withdrawals from deferred annuities are generally taxable as ordinary income in the year they are taken. Money management is provided by Equus Capital Management. Equus is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in San Rafael, California. Investment advice by Capital Financial Advisory Group, LLC, a North Carolina-registered investment advisor. Insurance advice given by Capital Financial and Insurance, a North Carolina-licensed insurance agency.